Tonight we will look into Word of God. We're looking at the book of Exodus, chapter 12, and we'll read verses 3 through 8, and then go to verse 13. Exodus 12, verse 3. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month ye shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too small, be too little for the lamb, then let him and his neighbors next unto his house take it accordingly to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make their count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole congregation, assembly of the congregation of Israel, shall kill it in the evening, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorpost of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, They shall eat it. Verse 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Sobering words, but talk about important instructions. Major. Um... Of course, this is the time when children of Israel were finally going to be able to depart Egypt after 400 years of bondage. Approximately 30 years prior to that was time that was so far back. Generations wouldn't remember, but just prior to the 400 years of bondage, they had about 30 years of entire opposite when Joseph was next to the king. And they enjoyed great success there after all the famine that you read that the whole world in that area suffered. Here we are 430 years later, and they're still calling out and saying, we need to be delivered because after the the leadership way back then was uh, passed on, then they began to fear Israel, and they literally put them in bondage, slavery, though their population grew. And so it's been a long time. Now, this story is a whole lot different than someone being delivered from a a country in bondage, which is very important, and coming to a country that has opportunity. What an incredible story. That's wonderful things. And then be able to have the opportunity to be do your own thing and make your own choices and be a self-made person. This is far beyond that. That's why it's in the Bible and not in history books. Because it's spiritual. Children of Israel, of course, are seed of Abraham. Abraham was a man that sought God and looked for a country whose builder and maker was God when seemingly no one else was interested. And God had a tremendous relationship with Abraham to the point he says, Abraham, I'm going to make of you a great nation. So this is way down the road. They have a heritage, but you can't do much with a heritage just by itself, can you? It needs to benefit you, and you need to have it benefit you. 
It does in many ways without us having any, uh, as we know, you might be raised in a in church, you might be raised in a Christian home, but that's wonderful. But of course, you know, it comes down to number one, doesn't it? It has to, because it's spiritual. And so if they're going to have true deliverance, if they're going to go on, truly go on spiritually with God to different levels and heights that only God has in mind for them to benefit the whole world. Well, now, if that's the kind of uh, deliverance they're going to have, well, then it's got to get personal. Thank God we know that, don't we? It's got to get personal. It can't just be with sitting back in the crowd and say, I hope someone will get their act together so we can all get out of here. That's not the gospel, and thank God we know it's not that way. The whosoever will, God's not willing any perish, but it has to get personal. It has to get very personal. And so they, it got, they had to get serious. They had to focus. And imagine the instructions they all received. What is this? This is intense. And this is to the point. And so it's going to take my focus and I'm going to realize if I don't do this, I'm in big trouble. That's a, that's a whole change. Now it's personal. God wants everyone to get to heaven, but we make heaven, we go through to heaven one by one. And so as much as everyone wanted to get out of this, out of Egypt, they're going to have to face it one by one. If it's going to be a nation, they're all still going to have to face it individually so they can go out as a nation. Or otherwise, some will be left behind. So if that's the case, and we need coverage spiritually, well, there's only only one way for that. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says, Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. Wow. We need that. Well, they needed that. And for them to move on, they were going to have to come to this point. There was nothing new, nothing new about an innocent sacrifice needing to be made of innocent blood to, for a coverage to atone for our, uh, the sinner's uh, guilt and uh, punishment, penalty. So that's why they did the lamb. That, that went, uh, they were familiar enough with that, not to the point they were going to be. But they were familiar enough with that, but that, that began to happen way back in the fall of man. There had to be bloodshed. So they, they were aware of that, and that, that was part of their, their, uh, understanding as far as the substitute, and so they, they did it to whatever point, uh, that it was, uh, intended and asked of God at that time. But of course, it all pointed to the real matter. Which is Matthew 27, 5 through 50 through 54. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice and yielded up the ghost, behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now when the Centurion, 
And they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake and those things which were done. They feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. Well, they were looking to there when they used that lamb because that last plague was the the eldest child in each house, even among the livestock, would be slain that night unless they were under the blood. It wasn't a it wasn't a complicated instruction, but it's some it's something that everyone had to be involved in. And when the Lord performed this, we saw from the even the illustration of the earth itself, when this was done, the Lord said it was finished. That covering that flowed from Calvary throughout the entire earth. Instantly. This was powerful. It flew, it flowed out to the entire earth from one end of time to the other. The lamb was slain. The perfect, innocent lamb was slain and established, waiting there. And so today we don't have to do what the children of Israel did for this particular time. And we didn't have, we don't have to do what they did during, uh, up until the Lord's, uh, death on the cross and resurrection. But we do have to approach it. In the same sincere manner. That's maybe one dilemma of when it's all done, is there's nothing for us to focus on. We can easily take it for granted. But we do have to come to the point, and you know this, that we, we take it that serious and say, Lord, I need the covering of the blood of Calvary. And this is where the Lord had brought purposely these people and their focus to. And they, they had a first-hand experience of the importance of this. Prior, there were miraculous, we can hear, we can read all of those plagues. It's incredible to read. The plagues that the Lord sent to Egypt to try to soften the heart of Pharaoh. He hardened them. Of course, he started off with Moses, uh, going to Pharaoh with a, had the rod in his hand and, and, uh, and the Lord told him in front of Pharaoh to say, Throw the rod down to show that I'm with you. So he did. Turned to a serpent. Reached down and picked it up. Well, following that, there were lice. And it... So, there... Uh, following that, of course, then there were the, the flies. Now, um, there were... Uh, When the uh, serpent, and then the, when I say the fly, I got the head of the, the, of the water that turned to blood. We can't imagine those things. And there were frogs. And you know what's amazing about that? Is the magicians copied it. I can't imagine that. Can you imagine that? And, uh, my thinking was I wanted to get the part where they couldn't copy it anymore, so I jumped to the, to the lice. And so, but you, you notice they copied miraculously. You know, there are, to a certain point, you can copy Christianity. To a certain point, people can copy a portion of Christianity. But it doesn't take you very far. And so when they got to the lice, 
we're all done here. We can't copy that. It's interesting to me that they copied it. If they really wanted to show power, I would have thought they would have reversed it. Who would have wanted that all over the land? Could they reverse the things of God? Of course not. We can't reverse or change God. To a point in this world, some can try to copy a portion of some Christianity. You can never reverse the power of God. You can never, you can never change it. And so it goes on with all the other plagues with the lice, they were done. They couldn't do that. The flies, they couldn't, they couldn't fix that. They couldn't co- even copy it. Why would they want to add plague on plague? And, and then, uh, of course, there are the cattle that were slain. These are unthinkable things. The cattle slain boils. Then there's hail. Hail so strong it destroyed everything. Destroyed the buildings, destroyed, destroyed cattle. Locusts came. Darkness so black you could see nothing. Well, Israel was protected. Pretty much, as far as we know. We read they were protected. But you know, during all this, when it comes to the blood of the Lamb, when it comes to saying, Lord, please apply Calvary stream to me. What does all of these, as powerful as they are, they're miracles. But can they do the job? This was happening to turn the head of Pharaoh, but also, remember, prophecies to speak to the children of Israel. This is God. Remember, they've been in bondage for unthinkable amount of time. Generation after generation. Who knows where their mind was by this time? Anyone's mind would have been. What to think of anything. And they could have easily thought, well, that's incredible. I'm sure they had a lot of conversations, the children of Israel, I mean. Of what do you think of this? Well, when are we finally going to be free? What is this leading to? Who knows what thoughts, opinions? Well, what do you think of that one? Um, it was still too distant for deliverance. We can't be distanced from the Lord for deliverance. It has to get personal. And so, uh, so we had to come to a point where we take real action and, oh Lord, I've got to do something. I need to recognize a need in my life. I need to recognize there's something hanging over my head. I need freedom. That's real freedom to get out from that type of thing regarding being under sin. Needing redemption. That's bondage. And this is a spiritual situation on the whole. That's why we're in, it's in the Bible. And so they needed, what did they need to get? They needed to get to Calvary. They need to recognize there's a need of the lamb slain for me. I mean, not just in a, in a, a type of a generality. I need and make sure I am under the blood. That is how every one of them left this land of bondage. So it had to go there. And God in His miraculous wisdom and, and uh, plan, is He planned it this way. Uh, for all of, I don't know any more than that. God knows what all that, but we can see that He brought them to the blood. Before you get out of here, you're going to be brought to the blood. And you're going to have to address it and do something. And say, Lord, I'm helpless. I'm going to do whatever is necessary. And so, 
So no wonder it appears here. Now, Jeremiah, so they had to do it in that intensity. Well, Jeremiah said 29, 13, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. That's where God brought him to, didn't he? Isn't he faithful? God is faithful. And so they were... When we get saved, we are changed. I don't know how what they expected... But what would have been the feeling when that next morning came and realized they were all spared and wailing, unthinkable wailing throughout the land. They were spared. What do we do now? We They stepped to a whole new realm. They'd just been stayed under the blood. You know, when God saves us, He doesn't leave us where we were. When God saves you, He takes you to a new land. He sets you on new ground. Maybe never thought about it. I don't know how much they were thinking about how this relate. Now, oh yeah, we're getting out of here. We're out of here. We're not just going to stay the same old, same old now. We're moving. Get ready because we're gone. That's part of real deliverance. The Word of God is so beautiful. That's part, and, uh, and so this is what happens. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. For all things passed away, and all things become new. They had to get to something new. They were going to new ground. They couldn't stay there. They're, I don't know if you ever thought of this, but I've, I took the time to look at it a little more thoroughly. Did any others, were any others affected by all this that were not Israelites? Of course, a lot of them would not have known. Like we would think, oh, well, everyone knows that Moses went to Pharaoh and the mass news media and they all knew that this had happened and now this is going to happen next. They wouldn't have known all that. The whole country, they'd know, they'd know one incredible thing after the other. But made them, would make them think, what is going on here? You know, there's many things to wake people up, and they did some of them. There's many things today to wake people up if they only look at the Bible. When, when the mountains rent and the, the storm and everything took place, uh, when, when Christ died on the cross, it affected nature. Does, do the, do God truths God's truths affect nature? Absolutely. They always have. People kind of, we can, we, we know it's no secret that the earth even today seems upset, disturbed. People wonder what and why. Well, they must have wondered a lot like that here. What, what is happening? And some did because some finally, when the hail was coming and going to slay everything and destroy all the trees and and it's going to destroy all their, their livestock. Some children of Israel were, were, were told what to do. Some said, I've had enough of this. I'm protecting my livestock. And some of them did. They were listening. I'm going to protect mine, putting them under some cover. Some of them did that. So I wonder if any of them did, when they heard, if they got wind at all of the blood, say, what are you doing? What's happening? If any of them did, how must they have felt? What a what a new realization would have come over them the next morning, and they were spared. I know one thing: they thought, "I'm not sure what all is happening, but I'm not staying here any longer. I'm going with them." And they did. 
Because we read in there, in the, along the way in the story, that there was some mixed multitude among them. Some of them got the message. Some of them thought, I'm not staying like this anymore. I'm going to do what they're doing. I'm going to listen to whatever God's doing. And they did it. They still can today, can't they? All of us can. And they moved on to the other side. The, the Red Sea is so typical. It's just moving from one side to the other. Out of bondage of sin. On over to a new land. And they moved over there. And you can certainly relate that to a Christian walk. Now they're, they're in a whole new place. They're walking with God. They're listening to God's instructions. And God's leading them and guiding them every day. And so it was just uh, incredibly miraculous. Yes, there were uncertainties. Life has uncertainties, doesn't it? And we have things we can scratch our head about. They did, but the real troubles only came whenever they got away from what delivered them in the first place. That's all. The real troubles only happened then. They had challenges and said, Lord, we need help here. We need uh, something to eat here. We need water. We need direction. That was no problem. God was in control doing that. The real trouble came when they got away what, what got them there in the first place. So it's not complicated after all, is it? The secret is just hold to what you know and you've experienced with God. Hold to what you've experienced at Calvary. Just hold to that with all of your heart. You know, they when they crossed over, imagine the experiences they could, the new conversations they had. Let's talk about what we experienced across there when we were made sure we had our family under the blood. They all experienced it in their own way, just like salvation. They had things to talk about. They had things to sing about. And they sang a song. The song of deliverance. We were, when we read the Psalms, we read some of those songs, songs in there still to do with deliverance from Egypt. What an incredible footing. And God in His miraculous way introduced them new to Calvary before they came over. And the need of that. And so they were going, while they were there, it was supposed to be just long enough, they were, Moses was 40 days upon the mountain. The reason he was there, the Ten Commandments, but he was there for the in, instructions for the tabernacle worship. It was all to do with them, to remind them, and to keep their, their focus on the things of God. And the Lamb, the Calvary that, the, that is needed, the blood shed for the, the souls of men. And all that was, it was just for that, that's where they got most discouraged. And this was all for the reason to help them just remember what they had just been. What delivered them in the first place. Isn't it amazing how complicated we can, we can make it? All we need to do is just hold on to what brought us out of bondage in the first place. God leads us. He guides us. And a lot of them ran into trouble for that reason. Needlessly. Oh, there was Caleb. He wasn't discouraged. He said, after all this time, give me that mountain 40 years later. I'm ready to go. He was growing in the faith while other ones were discouraged and fell bad. He was growing in the faith. I can't wait to get onto that actual promised land. 
Joshua, what did he do? He says, I'm ready to go. What are you going to do? It's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. That sounded just like when they, most of them would have said when they just came over out of bondage. They were just right there. And, and how about this one? The main, the rest of the main people that were with them were young people. Were the young people. The younger generation that didn't, they, they, uh, they didn't, uh, weren't in the situations that their, their elders were. So we're never too old to learn. We're never too young to learn. This is the way. Walk ye in it. We don't, we don't do the preparations when we come to God for slaying the, the sacrifice. It's all taken care of. God did it. It's all in place. But we, we do have to come with our heart in the same way. I know when I got saved, been around the gospel, fought it and fought it. But when I finally did get, by God's help, got me to an older prayer, I thought my faith was, I didn't, know what, I didn't have any. I had something for me to ever get down there. But all I knew is I was ready to just surrender and follow God. I didn't have to do, thank God, I didn't have to do what, what the children of Israel were instructed to do to get out of the bondage land. But my heart was finally at the point I was ready to. I need to do that? Fine, let me know what to do. Just let me know what to do. I, I don't have to do that, just only believe. But oh, we don't, we want to take it still at its seriousness. We want to take it for what it really means. And so, um, our promised land is heaven. Our promised land is heaven. And thank God, you know, the gospel, the gospel is wonderful. The Calvary has a flow. When it came out, flow throughout the world, it has a flow to take us from Calvary on into heaven and everything in between. If we allow it, our heart will take us to Calvary. Calvary will take us everywhere else. Calvary will take us from there. And thank God it's still there. May the Lord just help us to thank God for his goodness. Remember what he's done for us. Hold to it. A lot of things come. School's starting again. And just whatever. challenges all the time in the world we're in. But Calvary stream flows. It's still flowing today. Thank God we can get in it and benefit from it all the way through to promised land. Thank God we have enough time now to stand and sing. The elders are open for prayer.